This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we continue our adventures in Acts with Pride Goeth Before Destruction. Set apart by the Spirit, Elymas and Paul, God has brought to Israel a Savior, and we bring you the good news. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Let us then confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your presence and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake forgives you all your sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord for this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Lord Help, save. Comfort and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen. Glory to God in the highest, and peace to his people on earth.
let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, give us an increase of faith, hope, and love, that receiving what you have promised, we may love what you have commanded, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The epistle is from St. Paul's letter to the church in Rome, the eighth chapter. We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness, or danger, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God and Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 13th chapter. Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, 
who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all that he had and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and gathered fish of every kind. When it was full, men drew it ashore and sat down and sorted the good into containers but threw away the bad. So it will be at the close of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all these things? They said to him, Yes. And he said to them, Therefore every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dearly beloved, the Lord Jesus tells us some parables about the kingdom of heaven. Here in Matthew 13, first, a man finds a treasure hidden in a field. What's he going to do? He's not going to steal it, so he sells all he has so he can buy the field and thereby he gets the treasure. The point is, he gives up all he has in exchange for something far better. That's how it is also with the pearl of great value. A pearl merchant spots a truly exquisite pearl and he buys it. That pearl, it's not clear from the text, but it seems like it's being sold at wholesale, at rock bottom prices. The idea seems to be that if he can buy it, if he can manage that, it will be a massively lucrative deal for him. He gives up all, sells all, in order to exchange it for something far better. That's what the kingdom of heaven is like. So how does this work? What does this mean? Who's doing the buying? And what is being bought? The Lord Jesus does not tell us exactly, but in context with the rest of Scripture, we can say some things with confidence. The treasure and the pearl are the same. It is the Holy Gospel, which gives you eternal life. The Gospel is truly what makes sinners joyous. When it is found, the Gospel gives you joy and a good conscience and confidence that in it you have a gracious God, you have the forgiveness of sins, you have eternal life because of the Lord Jesus Christ. The gospel does all that. It's something that you by nature did not have. It is something that your works could never do. And so the treasure and the pearl are not you and me. We are not the treasure and the pearl. 
We miserable sinners and rebels are not so inherently valuable that God feels like he's gaining something by having his son sell all and die. God loves us, yes. His son did give up his life to redeem us, yes. But why? Not because we were so precious and valuable. Rather, it is because of himself because of his mercy and great love for us, which is what scripture calls for his name's sake. Isaiah 48 says, For my name's sake I will defer my anger. For my name's sake, for my own sake, I will do it. Isaiah 42, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake. And Ephesians 2, God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. So in this parable, we are no treasure no pearl of great value. We are not the impulsive cause of Christ's passion. The treasure and pearl are the Holy Gospel. And we, having found it, are filled with joy. Now there may come a time when you, like a martyr, must sell all in order to have this treasure and retain it. The men in the parable are making a trade. They are giving up all that they have in order to obtain something far better. These are parables describing martyrdom. Martyrs are Christians who give up their earthly lives in a violent death in order to have eternal life instead. And it's a good trade. And we too should rather lose everything in the world than to fall away from the gospel. Dearly beloved, think of what a great treasure you have found. You have here in the holy gospel and sacraments the real presence of Christ and divine life and mercy. You have here the creator of heaven and earth and he is yours to enjoy. Now, if you have the Creator, why should your hearts cling to the creation? Why should you think so highly of your stuff, your friends, and even of your family? If you have the Creator, He can replace whatever you lose here in this world. If you lose your house, He could create one much better. If you lose your favorite things, He can create better ones. If you lose your family members, he can create a new and better family or even raise your loved ones from the dead. But without him, whatever you have in this world, you cannot keep. These things pass away. In death, you can't take it with you. So it's time to start thinking and feeling like a martyr. As the psalm says, if riches increase, do not set your heart on them. And as a great hymn says, and take they our life, goods, fame, child, and wife, though these all be gone, our victory has been won, the kingdom ours remaineth. 
Prepare yourself now to be a martyr and to sell all so that you can have this treasure and pearl. Now the next parable deals with the net and the good and the bad fish. This is a text that some Lutherans, whom I call existential Lutherans, cannot understand. For them, there's no difference between the fish. We are all bad fish, and there's no such thing as regeneration or a new righteousness in believers, according to them. So to them, this text makes no sense. But I would encourage you to be a substantial Lutheran, a Lutheran who believes that God created a world and substances that persist unchanged, that he created a moral order that does not change, and that his word and his will do not change. Also, a substantial Lutheran believes that God not only justifies and forgives believers, he also sanctifies and changes them so that their substance begins to be good. And they are in this life at the same time righteous and sinner. Luther put it this way, do not separate these two perspectives in this life. According to one, all your works are polluted and unclean on account of that part of you which is God's adversary. According to the other, you are genuinely pure and righteous. Again, Luther said, everything is forgiven through grace, but as yet not everything is healed through the gift. The gift has been infused, the leaven has been added to the mixture. It works so as to purge away the sin for which a person has already been forgiven and to drive out the evil guest for whose expulsion permission has been given. So all that is to say, there is a difference between the good and the bad fish. First of all, the difference is this. The good fish belong to Christ. Christ claims them as his own. They believe in him and their sins are forgiven. The bad fish, on the other hand, have none of this. Second, believers have the beginnings of holiness, though admittedly in great weakness. The Holy Spirit comes to believers through the word and the sacraments and works in them to love God and their neighbor and to put to death the works of the flesh. Believers really do want to confess their sins. They really do want to improve. They really do lament their sinfulness. They really do want to turn away from their addictions. Yet all of this is in great weakness. In and of itself, it does not deserve God's mercy. Yet it is a real effect of the Holy Spirit. Believers and unbelievers are not the same. Regeneration is real and makes a real difference. So there are good fish and bad fish. The good will be sorted into containers, the bad will be thrown away. Our goodness is Christ's goodness. First and foremost, the forgiveness of sins, justification. 
That is the cause of our goodness. But then secondarily, it is the goodness that the Holy Spirit works in us and which we actively embrace, sanctification. This is the effect of Christ's goodness toward us. Existential Lutherans cannot understand it, but substantial Lutherans, I think, can. May God fill us with this joy in the Lord, who is our great treasure and pearl. May God increase this joy so that we desire nothing more than him. May he turn away our hearts from the things of this world so that we will joyfully one day sell all and die and leave this world and take possession of eternal life, which is far better. Amen. Amen. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let us pray for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. O Lord, your love is gracious and overflowing. Teach your people to look to you in every need, to be thankful for everything that you give them, and to know that no danger, trouble, or hardship can ever separate them from your love in Christ Jesus. Lord, in your mercy, Merciful Lord, give us faithful and compassionate pastors who proclaim the truth of your word and joyfully point your people to the hope of eternal life. Grant to your church a spirit of peace and unity that is grounded in your truth so that we may love one another as you have loved us in Christ. Lord, in your mercy. God of all creation, you know the hearts of all, and you govern even the ungodly and wicked of this world. Protect the innocent and weak, curb enmity and hatred, and let peace flourish among the nations, so that we all may live quiet and productive lives. Lord, in your mercy. Gracious Lord, in every land you provide sunshine and rain. Protect us from drought and give abundant crops and good harvest, that we may be fed and nourished by your bounty. Lord, in your mercy. O oh God, strengthen and heal those who are ill. Comfort those who mourn with the promise of the resurrection through Jesus Christ. Give those who seek your help in times of hardship and confusion every assistance and guidance for their lives. Lord, in your mercy. Yeah. 
Finally, Heavenly Father, grant repentance and faith to all who approach your altar this day to receive the Holy Communion of your Son's body and blood. Refresh them with this salutary gift and strengthen them in faith toward you and in love toward others. Lord, in your mercy. In your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.
up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you. Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who out of love for his fallen creation humbled himself by taking on the form of a servant, becoming obedient unto death, even death upon a cross. Risen from the dead, he has freed us from eternal death and given us life everlasting. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name evermore praising you and saying, Blessed are you, Lord of heaven and earth, for you have had mercy on those whom you created and sent your only begotten Son into our flesh to bear our sin and be our Savior. With repentant joy, we receive the salvation accomplished for us by the all-availing sacrifice of his body and his blood on the cross. Gathered in the name and the remembrance of Jesus, we beg you, O Lord, to forgive, renew, and strengthen us with your word and spirit. Grant us faithfully to eat his body and drink his blood as he bids us do in his own testament. Gather us together, we pray, from the ends of the earth to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers, deliver and preserve us. To you alone, O Father, be all glory, honor, and worship with the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our, our Father, our Lord.
Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you in body and soul unto life everlasting. Depart in peace. Amen. Let us pray. We give thanks to you, almighty God, that you have refreshed us through the salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy, you would strengthen us through the same in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace.